This is Street Talk with Chris Davies, helping you maneuver the road of real estate. Get up to speed with expert insights on the mortgage industry and your Northwest stomping grounds. Buy, sell, invest, and rest. Street Talk. Now, with this panel of industry insiders, here's Chris Davies. Good morning, Seattle. Good morning to the Pacific Northwest. Thank you so much for joining Street Talk, your real estate show on all things real estate, whether it's buying, selling, or financing. We're here to handle those questions for you today. Uh, I'm lucky enough to be joined by the wonderful Mrs. Rebecca Mitsui from Keller Williams. Good morning, Chris. Happy to be here Yeah, what a as wonder- an industry expert. Industry expert, no <laughs> less, with so much information to share. Um, there's a lot going on as far as the market goes. Uh, we've been talking about what's been going on with the inventory. Yeah. Uh, right now, the market inventory for the Puget Sound area is about one and a half months. Mm-hmm. Just slowly creeping up. It's getting up there a little bit, which means basically that you have more homes to choose from. Yeah. Buyers um, are absolutely able now to, you know, put pause on and, you know, check out everything instead of feeling so rushed. Absolutely. And the other part of it, too, is interest rates are continuing to remain flat. Mm-hmm. So you might see a little uptick and a little downtick. I mean, if you listen to Freddie Mac, which report, which gives out their weekly numbers on uh, what's happening to the interest rates, uh, three weeks ago it was 4.53. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it went to 4.52, 4.53. Now it's 4.52 again. So hmm. really not much, not much of yeah. a change. Um, and, of course, those things are going to be dependent upon credit score and whatever the situation might be. But I was reading an article, uh, which you may have some experience in. It's talking about how a lot of people in today's world are starting to buy homes sight unseen. Yes, I've actually had a, a few experiences with that, with my listings and also working with buyers as well. How confident are you in taking an offer of somebody that has not seen the property? Well, that from that perspective, uh, it does not. It's something that you typically want to know that they have seen the property. Um, and there's been times where I've asked the agent, have they seen the property when I wasn't aware? And the agent said yes, but they technically had seen it through our um, our 3D walkthrough tour. Uh-huh. You know, that's, right. I mean, and that, so that sold them because they could really walk through the house, but they were on a business trip in China and, you know, we're not able to even be there during our week. You know, you pretty much have a week to launch a listing and get and get offers in the last couple of years. I think that might be going away a little bit, but, um, yeah, I've had it from that perspective. It did not backfire on me, but it, I've heard of, uh, colleagues of mine where that has backfired. There was a survey done of, uh, a thousand Redfin agents, mm-hmm. and they they talked about this this specific subject, and that number with them reached up to twenty percent. Well, it's, it seems extremely high. Um, I wonder how many of those actually came to fruition. Did they talk about that at all? No, they didn't. Yeah. They just said that uh, they were talking about offers submitted. So yeah, well, I'd like to know what the number of offers that were accepted. Yep, but. You know, the various things that you think about when you do something like that, if you buy something sight unseen, number one, the glorification of photos. Yeah. Oh, so, boy, can we – those real estate photographers are very talented. <laughs> you know, you can go ahead and brighten the picture up so what could be a dark and dungy room, you could make it look awfully bright. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you don't get a feel for odors or smells as far as when you walk through a house. Yeah. 
Um, so, so you, you know. don't necessarily see the neighbors. Like sometimes, you know, you've got a neighbor that, you know, has kind of a junky yard or, you know, is really not taking care of their, um, it's like an eyesore. And if you're right next to it, you might not necessarily know that either. Even uh, with Google Maps, yeah. you can. <laughs> but even with Google Maps, what about parking? Is there parking? Re- is parking readily yeah. available? Yeah. And those, especially if you're buying a condo, right? You don't know what what comes with it, what doesn't come with it, right? So those are some some of the things that they brought up. But it's it's amazing to me that when you when you're spending mm-hmm. X amount, whether it be you know two hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars, these mm-hmm. were the price ranges that were quoted in the article as people having bought sight unseen, right? I had one as a buyer representing a buyer. Um, They were um, not able to be in town during. So we do, um, if people are out of town, we do video walkthroughs and we do, we actually do film the streets and we, you know, kind of narrate as we go. Um, And we've sold numerous um, listings off of that. Um, But during kind of the craze where it was, you had to move quickly in the last couple of years, one of those um, did sort of backfire. My client chose not to do a full home inspection, just kind of like a um, they'll, they'll do like a verbal and they'll yep. do basics. So she moves in, decides she wants to do a bathroom remodel. As soon as they tear the like surround out, they see that it's completely rotted there. And there was this hidden window, old window that that uh, was covered right over. So long story short, she ended up having to have like from all the way through to the siding, all of that redone. And it was quite an extra expense for her. Um, luckily, I was able to go back to the seller and, um, you know, say you didn't disclose this. And, you know, you, you had to have known about it. And they actually ponied up and paid for that, the upcharge that her contractor had charged to do that. So, wow. yeah. So it turned out good. But <laughs> okay, well, I was, we were really fortunate that the seller was willing to do that, you know. Yeah, folks, I mean, if you've, if you've been out there and you've actually considered buying a house sight unseen, we'd love to hear from you. The number yes. to the show is 844-TALK-101. Again, the number is 844-TALK-101. And just about the buying experience in general. I mean, uh, talking about uh, going out there and buying a property. And, and uh, again, it's the, it's the size of the investment that comes to mind. Right. You know, so to me, it's it just leaves you a little bit uneasy. Yeah. I mean, I got gun shy after that. Um, like I said, it, thank goodness it turned out okay for my client. Um, but I have told that story to other buyers that I'm representing and saying, you know, yes, we can do video walkthroughs. Yes, I'm an expert in the area and I can give you, you know, my opinion of the area um, if, if they're not familiar with it. Um, but there are some risks you know, you are your eyes and ears. This is going to be your mortgage payment, not mine. Uh, and I, I oftentimes say that as well, just to make sure that that they, you know, if they're risk takers and they, you know, hey, that's the neighborhood I want to be in. The house looks good. And if, say, they've done a full inspection, and they feel good about the warts that, the, you know, the house is coming with, then I'm not going to stand in their way. Well, sure. <laughs> but I think also given what the market's been the last few years, mm-hmm. you might be more prone to doing something like that, yeah. but with the inventory softening just a little, we're talking about the inventory softening at one and a half months, mm-hmm. when your normal inventory situation is when you have four to six months worth of inventory out there, mm-hmm. so we're still, what, at 25% of what's considered, or yeah, 25% of what's considered normal? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. So 
when you look at some of those things, it's like, gosh, you know, you have to you have to tread carefully in those in those arenas. Um, also, when people do that and they're out of town, make it submitting an offer. Okay, right. uh, I imagine that the pre-approval or the the letter that they're getting mm-hmm. does that raise red flags too? Or uh, well, oh, if they haven't been completely prepared, I really that that would be a hard one to put together. You want them to make sure that they're pre-approved, that they've been through the underwriting process, and that there isn't going to be any, you know, snafus. And as a listing agent, if somebody was out of town, hadn't seen it, and they had a just a pre-qual letter, I would be like, wait till we wait till you get back into town, right? And that you've been through underwriting before you submit an offer. I wouldn't want my client to sign something of that. Yeah, no, I think regardless of what the market, regardless of what the market situation is. One of the most important things is to make sure that you have all your ducks lined up. In a oh, row. for sure. Yeah. You, know, you can't do that early enough. I think you just you do that. And then if you say, oh, gosh, you know, I'm not getting the best rate because I've got a couple of little dings here on my credit. We'll get those things fixed. And, yeah. you know, so you can't do it early enough. Yeah. So it's it's and I th- also think, uh, folks, for the for the perspective of buying properties here in the in the in the region, it's also really important that you get a local pre-approval mm-hmm. that it's not going to be from a from a you know what we term as a big box bank. Oh goodness! Because you tend to get lost in that process as far as where you know when is the appraisal ordered? When when do these things occur? Right. You know, so it's really important that you deal with somebody locally, uh, so that way you know exactly what's going on with your loan. You can pick up the phone, talk to the person, and get and find out exactly what the situation is. And it's a company such as. Um Laura's Home Loans and Mortgage Master that has um, you know a good reputation for being in the business for forty five years. Forty five years. Um, I have a great story actually about. I had a listing that had three offers. One was from a local company. One was from a bigger bank, and one was from. I didn't realize this. Did you know that Costco is now doing home loans? I think I did know that. Yeah, and. It was a address in Minnesota and Miss, I th- Missouri. Missouri. And I, so I, I, you know, it was a great offer in all other aspects, but that, and so I had tried calling the loan officer and did not get um, an answer back and called the buyer's agent and said, Hey, can you, have you talked to this loan officer? Well, no, I haven't been able to get a hold. So it's really unfortunate because I said, well, you probably should counsel your client to work with a local lender because that's like the cream of the crop. Right. You know, you got your, you know, local lender and then you've got your, you know, one of your big banks. Um, but yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah, we'll talk, <laughs> we'll talk more about that in the next segment. Uh, folks, the number to the show is 844-TALK-101. Once again, it's 844-TALK-101. Sharing the latest news and exchanging insights on the mortgage industry and all things real estate, this is Street Talk. Now, with an ear to the pavement of our Northwest stomping grounds, here's your host of Street Talk, Chris Davies. Welcome back to Street Talk, your real estate show on all things real estate. So here's an interesting uh, statistic for you. Hmm. Seattle has led the nation three years in a row. In this specific category. Oh, I'm at an unfair advantage here. You, well, callers need to call in yeah. to 844-TALK-101 and guess. 
Well, we're going to give it away before they get the call. But every time you drive down up and down I-5 and you're driving through Seattle, what do you notice in the skyline? Hmm, clouds. Clouds, yes, for sure. And the, the, it's not a bird, but it's a tall structure with a, a big crane. A crane. Ding, 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 ding. That's right. So uh, Seattle has topped the nation once again as the crane capital crane capital of the country. Yeah, that's... Uh, so they've done it the last two years, and this year we actually, at this point in time, have 65 cranes. And that's just Seattle, right? That's, that's not Seattle. including Bellevue. It doesn't, it doesn't include the suburbs. Okay. So when you talk about Seattle, 65 cranes, the next closest city is Chicago at 40. Wow. And what's interesting about this is that at the start of the year, uh, Seattle was down to about 45 cranes. Uh-huh. And the only reason for that is that uh, there were a number of projects that were all completed completed at the same time. Mm-hmm. And now there's apparently the pipeline for future projects is pretty high. Yeah. And obviously the existing projects are also pretty high. So there's no slowdown in what's going on here. Right. So you think about, again, what's going on, go, what's going on as far as inventory, what's going on with the pricing as to how that would slow things down. Right. The brakes aren't being put on. Well, and that's what I try to, people that are panicking or thinking I'm going to wait for the market to crash before I I think about buying because that's what they're nervous about. I mean, it's, it's what, what the, it's a normal market for us to kind of, we needed to kind of cool down. So to me, this is actually a nice, nice market, nice balanced market. Sellers still get a good, you know, good price for their home. Um, I don't see prices falling. They really, they, they're no. not escalating as much. So people's expectations of what they're going to get. If we were to list at seven hundred, they want to get eight hundred. And you know, really, was our house worth eight hundred? You know, before. Exactly. Um, so I think we're still getting, and we're still getting multiple offers and all of that. But it, it's just going down to a more healthy, balanced, um, normal market. Well, again, I mean, we, we, we talk about this and we'll continue to talk about it, but instead of having 15 to 20% appreciation, mm-hmm. you'll be in that, uh, you know, 5 to 8% right. appreciation. Now, the prices have gone up quite a bit, so that 5 to 8% as far as a, as a monetary number mm-hmm. represents a pretty large number because right. of the fact that you've experienced double-digit growth over the last three years, four years. Right. So, I mean, from that perspective. Um, interestingly, interestingly enough, uh, the cra- the concentration of cr- of cranes. So when you look at this, South Lake Union, there's 17 of them. Wow, that's a big percentage of that, the yeah. That's a big percentage of the 65. But when you t- that's going to be commercial. Yeah. You know, when you look at that, because obviously Amazon's doing a lot of construction still, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of construction outside of what Amazon does. And then uh, on Capitol Hill, 10 cranes. Wow. So I imagine that's going to be residential and commercial. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, that's one of the probably one of the highest price points per square foot right. that we have in King County. A lot of construction, so it's not slowing down. So, for the people out there that are thinking, "Gosh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and sit on the fence a little bit and wait for the prices to, to come, come back." Down, yeah. That's not what's. That's not. That should not be the expectation. Right. The expectation is, yeah, it's going to go a little bit more slowly. You may have more choices when it comes to property selection and things of that mm-hmm. nature, Which- but. Good you're for still, you. <laughs> yeah, but you're still going to pay a premium. Yeah. Uh, downtown uh, Seattle has 14 grains. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, out of that out of that grouping right there, you you have forty one of the sixty five. So yeah. you have them spread out. I think West Seattle had three. So the little burbs, mm-hmm. you know. But you, when you look at all of that, I mean, the, again, the construction growth just in this local market is pretty high. Yeah. Now nationally, that's not the case. Nationally, when it, when you talk about housing starts and things of that nature, mm-hmm. it is it actually dropped twelve percent from the month before. Nationally. So, nationally. Okay. So when you when you take that into account, it's a little bit concerning because of the fact that inventory is not just tight here, but it's tight. It is tight nationally as well. Right. So it makes you wonder what what what's the long term effect here? Because obviously, you put something into motion now. It's going to be a couple of years down the line before you feel the 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 effect of that. Right. Um, interestingly, we talked about this as well. There have been a lot of apartment complexes built here in the Seattle area. Mm-hmm. I believe last year was about ten thousand, mm-hmm. and now even though rents are still, there was a softening of the in the in the rents uh, around Christmas time, mm-hmm. and now you start starting to see the rents slowly creep up a little bit. Uh, there's a. Uh, uh, apartment house project that was being built in downtown Seattle that's now being changed to a condo construction. Well, that's really opening it up. Remember that? Remember this was about, I don't know, six, nine months ago, we looked at, you know, how, when uh, new condos were coming on the market in yep. downtown Seattle and there wasn't anything until 2019. So I think maybe with the rental market softening a little bit, you know, they decided to switch their, their game plan. And also year to year, condos have have actually appreciated more have appreciated more than single family residences. So that is yeah. astounding. Just because of just because when you when you take into account uh, HOAs and what that does to your purchasing power, right. yes, you get you you do get some for that. But that's that's a lot of money to be paying. Right. That's not necessarily going towards property value. Right, but you do take that into account as far as the monthly budget goes. So yeah, there's a project called Spire mm-hmm. or Spire, Spire S P I R E. It's a 41 tower project uh, in downtown Seattle. And now it's going to be condos. Now it's going to be condos. Did, did you did you see when it was expected to be done? Uh, that I have not. Re- I'll I'll try and look that up. Uh, they they expect prices to to be starting. In the four hundred thousand dollar range, wow. okay, uh, going upwards of uh, five million for the penthouses, right? So, it's a it's a big project. I wonder if this is going to be a trend. Some of the ones because that was part of the, part of the reason why Nexus was um, the one the only um, condo that was going to be coming on in the next couple of years um, was because there were so many in um, buildings in construction, but they were all planned to be apartments. So I'm wondering if that we're going to start to see a trend as a few more of them other than Spire to kind of, you know, open up that downtown inventory. Well, I think, that, again, downtown such a hot market. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about walkability and being able to get to your destination. Obviously, the interior transportation within Seattle is still somewhat of an issue, uh, which who knows how they're going to fix that. Yeah. Because they, <laughs> they can't seem to agree on much. Right. But no, as far as uh, location goes, obviously, I mean, it's, uh, it's, a, it's good to see. You have that new project that's being built up in Northgate. Oh, yeah, uh, right. The renovation of the mall and the housing and everything that's going on up there. So there's a lot of projects coming up, but obviously they're, they're going to be taking advantage of all the appreciation that's occurred. Mm-hmm. Um, surprisingly, you know, when it comes to things like that, have you seen 
buyers when they go out and buy have you seen people looking at renovation loans when they just because of the fact that a lot of the inventory that's out there tends to be a little bit dated yeah um i think i still feel that my clients um are comprised mainly of people that want a house that is fairly well finished and not yeah. looking at doing much that what they'll say specifically is if it's flooring or you know counters and you know in the kitchen or whatever i'm up for it but when it comes to the major you know um you know the heating system the roof the foundation you know most of them are not willing to um okay, take so, those things on so so would paint be in that in that paint area? sorry paint and flooring are the things that like we can do that but not you know the major things so i have to kind of help them sometimes through because if i if i see a gym that uh you know that i think that they should invest in we get bids from a few different um like say it had uh you know a foundation issue we get bids from a few different folks so they have you know an idea of what it's going to be but i i would really encourage um uh renovation loans well i mean scenarios especially when it comes to foundation work foundation work the ability to fix a foundation over the over the la, over the last decade, it's become a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Just with technology, the te- just with the technology, sure. mm-hmm. you know, instead of having to raise the house and lift the house up and get underneath it, now they can jack it up and do different things. And they, there's, I mean, that would yeah. be an interesting show just in of itself. How oh, yeah. how that how that part works? Yeah, because I just recently had to do a lot of foundation work on my house and learned a lot about that. So, oh, <laughs> seriously? Yeah. Oh well, yeah, we'll have to talk about that a little bit more. Folks, the number to the show is uh, 844-TALK-101. Once again, that's 844-TALK-101. We're here to answer your questions about if you're in the market to buy a house and you've had some uh, difficulty or you've been rejected, or if you've actually attempted to buy a house sight unseen. We'd love to hear from you. Once again, 844-TALK-101. Buy, sell, invest, and rest. When it comes to the mortgage industry and real estate, know the ropes, the ins and outs, and all the curves. This is Street Talk with Chris Davies, with a panel of industry insiders here to take your call. Now, here's your host of Street Talk, Chris Davies. Welcome back to Street Talk, uh, your real estate show on all things real estate. Financing, buying, or selling. And speaking of which, uh, Rebecca, I believe you have a listing. Yeah, our Street Talk listing of the week. It's a um, great little buy down in Burien. As as if you've been a listener of the show, you know that that's one of my favorite areas to up-and-coming areas. Um, So this is a little uh, two-bedroom, one-bath condo. Um, in on 152nd Street. So walking a few blocks down, you're right in the heart of um, downtown Burien, close to the Burien Transit Center, and just uh, about a couple blocks from the new PCC, that gorgeous flagship PCC. Um, so it's a quiet and private condo. Um, it's got new carpet and paint. It's got a very large master bedroom with large closet. And it also has a very large kitchen um, for a condo. It's like a big, you know, open kitchen with an eating space. Um, no stairs. There's two different parking spaces. So one of the parking spaces you could go in, um, walk to the unit with no stairs. Um, and then the other is just a few stairs. But it's it's really kind of rare to have two parking spaces in a condo. Wow. Um, 
There is a uh, space to do a washer and dryer there in the unit. Um, there is no laundry currently in the unit, but the laundry room is just a few steps away from this one. So that's, that's definitely a plus. Um, but there's a, sp- a great place to, to add one in, which I would do if it was, if it was mine. Um, and it also has a storage unit and no rental cap. So this would be a great condo to buy and hold for the fact that that area is really growing. What's the address? Um, it's 240. 152nd Street, Virian 98148, and the price is one ninety four nine nine nine, and we are um, just came on the market on Friday. Wow! Yeah. So that's a great price point for being right there downtown Kirkland. So Virian. Sorry. That's okay. I said Kirkland, didn't I? You, I <laughs> we all have our communities. Yours is Kirkland. So. Burien is one of the one of the hot markets. Yes, I mean there's still a lot of it. There's been a ton of appreciation down there. I mean, when you look at what's going on with the uh, Northwest MLS, I mean South King County is what's yeah. appreciating the most right now. Right, just because the prices there have been somewhat uh, behind. Yeah, the rest of the county lagged behind a little bit, which has been the reason why people that I meet in West Seattle who um, get frustrated because they're getting now priced out of West Seattle, our neighboring community, Burien has, you know, larger lots, you know, more trees. There's a lot of great things about Burien. Um, and the prices have been better. Now, they're they're growing. They're definitely starting well, to catch up. Not only that, though, the access to whether you're going to downtown Seattle. Oh, goodness, yeah. you got 509, I-5, obviously getting to to uh, Bellevue or the east side. you got 405. So you're sort of right there. Oh, yeah, you're right in the heart of it. Plus, you're also close to SeaTac. So if you travel, then you can buzz. This, this place, you wouldn't... You know, to get an Uber to go to SeaTac, you would probably be in that Uber for about about five minutes. <laughs> yeah, uh, if that. So, yeah. So, so from that perspective, I mean, there's a lot of construction going down. A lot of restaurants uh, open yeah. up down there. So again, Bakery the- Nouveau, which is a famous uh, bakery um, that won the French bakery competition that had opened up in West Seattle. I think they're in Capitol Hill. They just opened up a beautiful, um, large, and I think they bought the building too. So they really believe in that area, um, a beautiful, um, large building. And uh, yeah, so it's it's definitely Burien's getting definitely hip. I I've felt it's been hip for a while, but I think others are starting to see it. And I think really seeing um, the um, you know PCC coming in um, and believing in it as well. Mm-hmm. That definitely, I think caught a lot of people's attention because if PCC is going to be, you know, bringing um, in a flagship store like that, then they believe in the area. Absolutely. So, yeah. let's, let's go to the phones and talk to uh, Danny and see what uh, his question is. Danny, are you there? I think Danny's on hold, so we'll wait for Danny to come on the line. <laughs> Hi, Danny. It's Chris. Uh, what's your question this morning? Hello, Danny. Are you there? Well, technical uh, difficulties this morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have those, but we have those moments every once in a while where the there's a, a failed connection. I still see that he's there, though. Okay. Hello, Danny. Are you there? Can you hear me? 
Okay. Well. Well. Shoot. <laughs> so I was going to get into the uh, aspect of uh, renovation loans. Yeah. Um, so the most important thing on renovation loans that people need to realize when it comes to a project, you're going to, t- you're, you're going to take a look at the future value of the project. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is, when, when you look at a house that's for sale for, say, $400,000. Right. And you want to do the – you want to add a bedroom, you want to add – you add square footage to it or add a floor to it, whatever, whatever it is. The nice thing about renovation loans is that they take the future value as if it were already done into account. So your loan is based on the end result, right. not on how it looks or sits right now. Right. So from that perspective, it's you go, oh, my gosh, because people want to borrow that money or they want to buy it, then borrow the fix-up money. It's easier just to do it all in one felt one big scoop. Mm-hmm. Uh, the important things to know, though, when you're doing a project of this nature, is you need to have a contractor lined up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, in I mean, this, in this because, market, yeah, any any of the service providers are always are so tapped out. So it's really tough to find a exactly. good general so, contractor. I mean, get somebody that you that you know that uh, uh, that you can establish a relationship with. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's important to do a walkthrough on that property with the contractor and get a feel right. for what for for what you termed earlier as the bones of the property. Yep. You know what can it what can it withstand? What can you add to it, and so on and so forth. Uh, I believe there's a call again, so we'll give it one more try. Hi there, this is Chris. What's your question this morning? <laughs> yeah, some difficulties this morning. Yep, definitely some def- definitely some difficulties. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll keep going. Um, so, so when you, so there's the renovation loan or rehab loan, um, what are the, the, I guess, pluses and minuses of, of, or what are the advantages of doing them? And are there any disadvantages? Well, I think the unfortunate part of it is that we, we are lulled into this full sense of security when it comes to fixing a house up. Mm Mm-hmm. Everybody watches the HGTV channels. Oh boy! You love you. Chip lo- and Joanna just, you oh, know, just, did a number on our industry, didn't they? Oh, they just make it look so easy. And those property brothers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at you. Uh huh. <laughs> so, in other words, the nice thing is that when you do it uh, through the renovation loan, you've you've walked through the property. You're going to get a real idea of what it costs mm-hmm. to do the renovation or what you're thinking. So it's not going to be this pie in the sky idea right. of guess what I can do that for five thousand dollars or I can do that for ten thousand dollars. Right. You're going to know exactly what it costs. And so, does the work need to be done within a six month time frame? Yeah, that's the other part of it. So that's why you really need to make sure that contractor has time on their calendar. Exactly. To do it. And the contractor gets paid as they go along. Mm-hmm. So in other words, as certain phases of the project get completed, money is released. Money is released. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, the money actually sits in an account that the, the borrower cannot access. Okay. You know, so in other words, they're borrowing obviously well over the sales price for the renovation work. Then it's actually handled by the the company that deals with the contractor. Okay. And the borrower can be involved, you know, within that process in of itself. Mm-hmm. But as phases get complete, the money gets released to the contractor and allow, you know, giving the contractor cash flow as well. But there's a six month completion time. So depending on what that scope of the project is, right. uh, 
you know, that's that's a that's not bad. Right. I mean, six months if you're adding a room or renovating, you know, new bathroom, kitchen, mm -hmm. whatever it is, mm -hmm. depending on what the price point of the property is. I mean, six months, it's a slight inconvenience. Uh, if the project allows you to live in the home, you can actually live in the home too. Right. You know, so it just depends on, the, again, depends upon the scope of You know, it might be itself. worth it for somebody to be in the right area, the area that they want to be in. Are there things that they, they can't do? Like, can they do a fence? Can they, are there certain things that are not allowed within that budget? Well, I mean, again, you're looking at what the things that would be difficult to put in there mm -hmm. are going to be things like, that don't really produce value. Okay. Okay, let's say, for example, you wanted to do this loan and you wanted to put a swimming pool in. Oh, that definitely in this area so, doesn't so, Yeah, well, let's say the swimming pool is $70,000. Is the yeah. property, does that future value support the $70,000 mm -hmm. investment when you're probably going to get maybe, you know, five cents in the dollar for it? Right. So from that perspective, I wouldn't say there's things that you can't do. I think swimming pool actually is one of the things that you I, can't do. I but bet. For the most part, is, <laughs> yeah, it has to be a value add, right? And it has to be, it has to promote the growth of the property and the value of the property. So, so with these, um, just for the people out there that aren't aware, you end up having two appraisals. You have an appraisal at the current value of what it is in the in the they, state. So what they do is they they will actually take the contractor plans, uh huh, and look at them. Okay, and they'll appraise the property. The, with the contractor plans in mind as if the work was done. Okay. So, so, there, so there's not two appraisals in nope, this type just one of renovation loan. That's great. That's that's one thing I think that was a detractor in previous, you know, it's, years. Exactly. Because normally that loan can be done in two phases. Mm -hmm. And this is just one loan that takes it all into account all at once. The other part of it is that's interesting, especially in the environment that we're in right now. Mm -hmm. With interest rates rising. Right. You're basically locking in at the rates that we have currently today. Oh, so that's a great, and it's a thirty-year yeah, fixed product. A great point. So, from that perspective, uh, lock the, in. <laughs> the caveat is no DIY, so no do-it-yourself work. Right. The contractor's doing the work for you. So, but again, to me, it's a fantastic product, and we'll get more into that a little bit in the next segment, folks. The number to the show is eight four four Talk one hundred one. Once again, eight four four Talk one hundred one. Maneuver the road of real estate. Now, back to Street Talk with Chris Davies. Welcome back to Street Talk. It's uh, your real estate show and all things real estate. Uh, one of the things that I have to mention is going to be pretty exciting. Uh, we're in the process at Laura's Home Loans. We're mm -hmm. actually going to be getting a construction loan. Oh, okay. Let's talk about that. That can open uh, up new possibilities. Tremendous. I'm very excited yeah. about it. I don't have all the details yet, but I want the... Oh, people. that was a teaser, Chris. That's a teaser <laughs> because I don't have all the information yet, but we're actually going to be boarding a product that allows... It's a one-time construction loan. Okay. So that means the idea of finding raw land and saying, gosh, you know what? I want to go ahead... you're not going to have to put 50% down? Do you... Is that... Again, I don't have all the all the terms, but I mean, okay. I imagine it's going to be along the lines of what a conventional loan might wow. be. Okay. So you're not looking at this huge down payment. You have to, again, take the overall cost of the project. I mean, sure. just to use common sense. Yeah. Again, you have this raw land. So, you know, that's your basis. Right. What does it cost to build? Pour the foundation. Do all those things. And then when that when that's all done, yep. what's it worth? Right. And then the loan's Oh, my goodness. Done. That's going to open so many people... Um, 
over my years have wanted to do that. And the only ones that that have been able to are the developers in my right. in my book of of on in my Rolodex, if you will. Well, again, so, from, from the perspective of what opens up yeah. uh, the market yeah. and allows people to participate a little bit more. And obviously, if you're building a home, you're building it to what you desire. But again, the most important thing is going to be establishing that relationship with a contractor, somebody that you can trust right, right. or architect that's going to build it, design it the way that you want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so very excited about that. And I think uh, there's also going to be financing available for raw land as well. Okay. Now, wow. raw land typically is going to be something that's going to be have a higher down payment requirement. Sure. It always has. Yeah. 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 Just because of the fact that obviously – there's nothing there at that yeah, point. Yeah, so if yeah. something goes wrong, it's not going to be high on the priority, priority list as far as payments go. So that's one of the things that you can get at Laura's Home Loans. And I would anticipate that being uh, available hopefully by mid-month next month. So. Oh, my gosh. Do you know how many clients of mine that are looking for you know, a little place to go for the weekend? And they uh-huh. t- are obsessed with those tiny houses and would oh love Lord. to find a piece of land that they could – do a tiny house on. So I don't know if that would even be, you know, fit within the realm of, of a construction loan. Maybe there, it would be too tiny. <laughs> yeah. I think again, there's going to be square footage requirements. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, when it comes to home, I think uh, when it comes to a single family residence, I think, I don't, I think the unwritten rule is somewhere around 600 square feet. Okay. But wow. obviously and the market, yeah, the to market. To me, that's tiny, but these tiny homes are even Small, tinier right? than that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about micro apartments with 150 square feet. Oh, so, I mean, yeah. you know, you've got your bedroom in the wall, you've got your kitchen, and you, yeah. you know, that pops out and slides out. So, again, for those of you out there, uh, you can get, you can call exciting. Laura's Home Loans at yeah. 833-ASK-LAURA if there's information that uh, you desire uh, as far as, uh, construction renovation loans go. That's uh, uh, we'll talk a lot more about the construction side of things once we have mm-hmm. that uh, that product in front of us. Yeah, and no, I, I'm excited to hear about it. Well, it's something that we, you know, it's something that we actually used to do mm-hmm. before the meltdown. There oh, because when they went away, like I said, it was even hard for developers I worked with to get loans. Exactly, construction loans. They were looking at a depreciating asset at mm-hmm. that point. Yeah. So now is so. the now as the market starts to loosen up as yeah. and also the other other part of it we, we really haven't talked about about it much but as interest rates go up mm-hmm. it also brings in private money. Right. Because they 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 desire that higher rate of return. They weren't so interested when the rates are in, in the threes. Sure. But as rates go, you know, high fours, fives, sixes, and so on and so forth, that also will allow the product pool to expand yep. because of the increase of private money. But uh, to me, the, you know, talking about the renovation loans, having, uh, having a loan based on the future project or the end result of the future project, that's something that's going to be hard to beat. Yeah. And it tells you if, you, if the future project or if the end value of that project doesn't allow for it to be built, mm-hmm. then it's not a good investment. Right. So it actually... It kind of helps people, I guess, ensure them from making a mistake. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you, ha- you have your cost overruns, which are typically at 10 or 15% of the overall budget. Mm-hmm. But still, it keeps you... It keeps Honest. you in, yeah, it keeps you in <laughs> check. Well, and it keeps that contractor in check, and they know that ahead of time. Yeah, so you yeah. better have your cost of your cost of materials and all those things squared away. Squared away, exactly. Absolutely. So when it comes to things like that, obviously give us a call at Laura's Home Loans. But if you, if for those of you out there that have questions on something like this, mm-hmm. we'd love to handle them as well. So the number to the show is eight four four Talk One Hundred One. 
And speaking of renovation loans, what are some of the things that you think people should be doing in the summertime? To the house. To, to the uh, house. Yeah, well, to add value to, uh, you know. For maintenance. Yeah. I think, I mean, for me, myself, what, what we're focusing on and what I would encourage others to focus on is if you need your exterior of your house painted, this is the time of year to do it. You're not going to, if you try to do it in a window of time in the fall or winter, the paint is not going to adhere. It's not going to last as long. So you really want to get that done in the summer. Um, insulation. I think we talked a little bit about that. Um, I actually need to get um, more ins- added insulation in my attic. I had a friend who recently did that um, upon my advisement, and she said that the, the house is so cool. It was super hot last summer. This summer, they put the insulation in, which is kind of weird. You think of it more for heat. Right. Um, but it also helps keep the heat from coming in through the right. roof. Anyway, she said her house feels like it's air-conditioned. Yeah, basically, <laughs> it stops it stops the sweating process. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, actually, it's one of the things I was going to talk about uh, Excuse me, but the insulation of the attic, I think, is extremely important. Yeah. I guess I didn't realize how important it was. Even if you have <clears throat> insulation in the attic right now, mm-hmm. it probably is not enough. It, that's exactly my scenario at my house. I need to put more in and also put in the baffles the thing, you know, the, around the edges that allow it to, to breathe. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that way it, it, it's, mm-hmm. it remains cool. Uh, also, the other part of it, especially here in Seattle, it's amazing how many of the older homes don't have actually don't actually have insulation in the walls. Oh, I know, I know. I had, had talked to an inspector one time about you know people are so worried about these single paned um, windows and they're ugly, but also just worried about oh they're they're drafty or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so um, the inspector had said to me, people worry about that, but they don't think about the fact that these walls aren't insulated, which so, is. Yeah, you get these great double paned windows with uh-huh. the you know low e you know all of the insulated effect, the gases in them, and then you don't actually address the walls as well. Yeah, so, so again, it's really important that you 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 you, you inspect the house mm-hmm. and you check you you do these check you create a list of these things that are potential In order of importance, yeah, yeah. <laughs> monetary leaks, right? right? Uh, when it comes to the roof, for example, something I actually had never heard of, I had to research it. Mm-hmm. There's something out there called a cool roof. Oh, so a cool roof is essentially using materials that will reflect the sunlight more than absorb it. Okay. So therefore, again, it creates that effect of it takes the heat and and reflects it away from the house. Yep. Again, acting more like an air conditioner, so to speak. Right. Versus having a you know a black roof that just absorbs all that heat. You know, I recently got um, a roof, and and when they, I was looking at the colors, the different choices, the lightest color was um, considered green, mm-hmm. and it had like that, the green symbol next to it, and all of the other ones did not. So I, I, I didn't, I mean, when you think about it, it makes sense. Um, so I ended up choosing, instead of going, because I like the darker look, I ended up going a couple shades larger, lighter than the darker look because what um, the salesman told me was, you go black and you're, you know, you're going to bake in the summertime. And I guess, you know, I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah, so, <laughs> so. I mean, to me that was very interesting, which yeah. brings up another interesting point. I have more people, I know more people now that are starting to put solar panels on their roof. Yes, more and more, even in Seattle. <laughs> Which you think about how much, how gray it is here in yeah. Seattle. But obviously, even if it's gray outside, there's still sunlight coming through. Right. So in some of these cases, the power company is actually paying them back. Yeah. I think they say um, for a, a while back, and I haven't read a recent article on it, but it takes about 
seven years, I believe, to pay for it. And then, I mean, because you, even though you're making money back right away, it takes seven years to actually pay for it. And then beyond that, you're, you're you know. Well, at that point in time, you, 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 you start to get your power paid exactly. for, essentially. And then you're selling it back as well. Yeah, yeah which then also I imagine would add to, the, yeah, <laughs> it adds to the value of the home, for sure. For I sure. Think. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think that is uh, interesting. Ceiling fans. Yeah. Fan or not a fan? Not to use the pun. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Uh, I really like ceiling fans. Um, they, I don't like, I like attractive ceiling fans. Uh-huh. I don't want them to take over a room. Yep. Um, but I feel like that is a fantastic way to, if you don't want to have the money to put in air conditioning, um, to have um, ceiling fans is, is a great way to keep, keep it cool. So did you know that a ceiling fan, uh, uh, upon the article that I read, it can move the thermostat up to four degrees? Oh, so, you know, I I don't know what it costs to add a degree or decrease it by a degree, but Mm -hmm. that's essentially what a ceiling fan can do. Interesting. Okay. So it can move your temperature four degrees. So to me, that's actually, that's a pretty good ad. Yeah. When you look at it from that perspective. I mean, I I, I think they're really helpful for a lot of people in the bedroom because, um, you know, not a lot of us here in Seattle have uh, air conditioning. And in the summertime, if you have a ceiling fan in your in your bedroom, it definitely can, you know, make all the difference for you not being able to sleep. I mean, because as you know, out there, a lot of people complain at this time of year. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, couldn't sleep last night. It was so hot. So oh. a ceiling fan is a real, I think, a bonus. I don't think that they add a lot of value as far as no. when you walk in a home, a buyer's like, oh, I don't see ceiling fans. No, no they don't say that. I don't think that. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think ceiling fans could detract could because some people don't like the way they look. You look at them and they look they're so ostentatious. They look at Oh, it's just a dust magnet. <laughs> oh, exactly. How do I get up there and clean it? Yeah. You know, so from that perspective. So yeah, it's important obviously from a listing perspective that it look clean, that it goes with the lines of the house, mm-hmm. etc. Here's another big one that I don't think uh that I don't think people do. Inspect your corking around the house. Oh gosh. Yeah. You know, around the windows, around the bathroom. I mean just in general. Around the exterior yes. as well. Yeah. Just take a look at the corking because it, it it ages, it cracks, it peels. Yep. And then, you know, uh, sometimes you try and do the quick fix where you just try and do the area instead of redoing the whole thing. Right. It doesn't take much, but it's one of those things. If you do it well, mm-hmm. then you don't have to touch it. If you, if you do it poorly, then there's, it's going to crack more. It's going to leak more. There's going to be air moving through it. Yep. So it becomes a little bit more drafty. Um. So, yeah, check that part of it out. The other part, obviously, is when you have a house and a large lot and things of that nature, plant some trees, get some shade. Yeah. You know, start doing that. Start doing some of that long-term planning, depending on how long you're going to be there. Even if you're going to be there for the short term, take a look at it. Uh, we're approaching the end of the show. Rebecca, how do people get a hold of you? Should they, you know... Oh, yeah. Well, they need a fantastic agent. How do they go about that? You can call me at area code 206-935-6262. Again, 206-935-6262. Or look me and my team up at firstclassseattle.com. And if you'd like a market analysis of your property, go ahead and text Street Talk to 59559. Fantastic. Folks, if you want to get a hold of me, Chris Davis at uh, Laura's Home Loans, uh, you can reach me at 206-856-5438. Obviously, we do the whole gamut as far as the uh, home loan process goes. You want to get pre-approved or just have general questions. 
Uh, I'm happy to answer them. And of course, there's n- never any obligation whatsoever. In the meantime, it's going to be close to 90, I believe, today. So wow. get out there, enjoy the weather, and uh, we'll chat more next week. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Chris Davies, MLO 105695, Mortgage Master Service Corporation, CO40445, Equal Housing Opportunity.